Hi, everybody. I'm Neil. Welcome back. Hi. Welcome back. I'm Libby. Hey, Libby. Hey, Boo. And here with us is, is our very special guest. Very special guest. Rania Mancurios. Rania, hi. Hello. Executive Director of Crime Stoppers. The people who stop the crime. Well, and help solve, A lot and of help solve some crime. that didn't get stopped. That's right. Probably more importantly, or as importantly. There, yes, and educating young people in the schools. Love it. And we're going to talk a lot about that. But you had a pretty fun weekend last weekend. I did. And it is Mardi Gras, y'all. Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. Hey. Are you celebrating today? No, because I did that. <laughs> For You're celebrated out. For me, you, and a whole bunch of other people <laughs> on, on Friday down in Galveston. Right. At Tillman Fertitas. Annual, annual Mardi Gras. Fabulous. Blowout. And where that's held at the San Luis, is that correct? It's held at the convention center, which is okay. kind of like next door. Got it. There are a thousand people there. Oh my god, that's yeah. how big it is. Well see, Huge. when I worked for Richard Flowers, we did that party every year. Right. And that was a, oh, it's over the top. It's over the. Top. I'm sure it's a it, couple of million dollars it takes to throw some, that party. Yeah, situations. And you know situated. he makes a grand arrival. Um, Mr. Fertitta does. Uh, yes, he lands Tell us about at that. he lands at the San Luis Hotel, which he owns mm -hmm. in his helicopter, mm -hmm. which is and coming it, from is probably coming a block away from his. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, Tillman knows how to make an entrance. He does. And you know, then you come in and they present all the debutantes. No, so there's a big party on his boat first, right? Like a VIP situation. Uh, or is that yes. not every year? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a very private party. Right. Maybe the copters coming from the, the boat. Well, that's probably that, that would could make be. most sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't see where it came from. I was just outside <laughs> smoking a cigarette, and all of a sudden, this helicopter is. <laughs> Coming Looming. down out of the sky and landing Did on the... Did he do like a um, like Mission Impossible? Like... Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, right. Yes. Okay, cool. You know, I, I love that Tillman is a showman. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. And he's funny. And, you know, I do love his show, Billion Dollar Buyer. Have right. You watched it on I mean, it's really good. He, it is good. Yeah. I like all I of his... I think he's found his legs on that show mm -hmm. because it, I saw the first episode and I was like, well... Yeah. It's an interesting topic, mm -hmm. you know, but now he just gets better and better. And yeah. He's, you know, he's comfortable now doing it. Yeah, it's good. He's doing a great it's job like with doing that. a podcast. It takes a minute. You <laughs> there you get go. See what I'm you saying? You got to get your fit. Your but it's really fun. You know, um, lots of fun Houstonians have second homes down in Galveston. Mm -hmm. And you and had some fabulous hosts. Liz and Bill Decker. So fun Nobody more fun I than can't. those two. They're so I fun. I mean, to tell you. And Jerry Moore was there. Jerry Moore and her Looking husband, fab. Jim. Mm -hmm. And Beth, Mickey. Beth, Who has so a really fun, fun uh, blog called Bethy Life. She does. And she does great photo shoots around town. And, lots and of like you, she's on content. Snapchat. She sure like, is. Like, nonstop. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know that because you're not on. The I'm Snapchat. on there, but I don't ever. I don't even know how to use it. Oh God, it's so fun. Somebody tried That's to give me I a do. tutorial on how <laughs> to use <laughs> it, and I was like, "Okay, I'm so aggravated right now. Stop." Well, Auntie Neil, you tried to do the Instagram thing, and that took I, you over the edge. But well, I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. You got the hang of that, so this is your next step. <sighs> All right, let's move past that. Yeah. So, but you know, like as I was there. As I'm always thinking, when I, it's the Super Bowl or, or Mardi Gras in Galveston, events like that draw a lot of human trafficking, sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. So it always makes me start thinking about that. 
more so than I do on an average day, which I still think about it on an average day because it's something I'm really focused on. It's in the media right now. There's kind of a lot going on just having the Super yes. Bowl yeah. here in Houston. There was yes. a lot of talk about that. Mm-hmm. And Well, I, I want Rania to talk about, like, uh, I'm sure you see a boost in phone calls to the tip yep, line, 713-222-TIPS. Yes. Um, when there's major events like this happening in our area, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's interesting. Yes. And our our hope is that that that's the case because that means that we've done a good job educating people sure and they're thinking like you're saying neil you think about it right most people don't think about it. like on an average day on any given day i mean it just doesn't even it's like they don't even know it exists or they think it exists somewhere in a third Else. world country like right. definitely not here maybe in some other major city and when you say well actually houston's the hub they're like That's what houston Wild. is the hub the of hub. human of human trafficking, trafficking? yes and can sex trafficking it? yes and ryan can you educate us a little bit on what exactly human trafficking is yeah and there's two types of human trafficking so I'll, a lot of times people will say oh do you mean like and i hate when people say this but i'll get it like oh do you mean when i go and do my nails like the people at the nail salon they're they're like trafficked and i'm like no i mean in extreme situations it certainly can be we know massage parlors and yeah. certain restaurants but and so the, what does that mean traffic so labor, tra- that's labor trafficking. Okay. It's people that come here, maybe they come here illegally, they don't have proper documentation. Somebody brings them in, promises them employment or, or an opportunity, but then withholds all their records, basically pays them almost nothing, has complete control over them. They live with them, you know, they're, oh, they're wow. completely in control of these people and they work for almost nothing. They're becoming a slave to their employer. Okay. Right. Um, but sex, tra- and, and you do, you see that quite often with people who are here illegally. Um, but sex trafficking, these are these 83 percent are young girls and young boys born and raised in like houston katie you know Mm -hmm. like they're they're our kids and they are either runaways they get caught up in drugs um they can engage in something online that someone sort of becomes in control of what they send one picture and then it's well if you don't send me another picture i'm going to send that one picture to your parents oh, wow. and if you don't send me another, well now if you don't meet right. me on friday well if you don't meet my friend and so it can kind of escalate but it is Ugh. a real thing and it's really scary um how often and 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 i guess the geography of houston makes it where it can be a hub you have i-10 and mm-hmm. you have all these major interstates that mm-hmm. come through here so that's why it's a hot pocket Sadly, and you know, we found a girl outside of our old building. She was about 14 years old. She was dressed. It was February. She was in a Wonder Woman bikini. What? Yes, outside of our building, and she was looking for. Um, she was working, oh. and uh, she had been beaten. hadn't she eaten in 14? three days. She hadn't eaten in three days because she hasn't. She hadn't <gasps> filled her quota. Oh my. And you know what? She just ran away from home. Her family was in Fort Bend. She just ran away from home. So, you know, thankfully we got law enforcement there and she was scared to come with us. Of you course, know, she was yeah. petrified. But it just happens and people just, you know, again, not to be paranoid, not to mm-hmm. be scared. Mm-hmm. Live your life, do everything you want to do. But you've got to be aware of what the realities are behind, yeah. you know, the sort of hidden quarter, corners of our city. Well, and I think that's a huge reality is that these aren't, you know, kids being shipped in from third world countries these are kids that are like you're saying in our backyard 83%. that just ran away from home and are trusting someone that is doing them great harm well yeah. they get them on drugs yeah i mean drugs are a huge part of this exactly once you're thing. hooked you're hooked right. yeah work for for oh, that next hit god that's right so and then what is a teen going to do they run away and think they're going to be able to make it on their own right you know it's like what no yeah 
They have yeah. very few options to it's, survive. They're not mature enough to, to grasp. But do you think like anyone you know who has like a young kid, do pe- is it a normal conversation to sit down around the table no. and say, look, if you're thinking of running away, this could happen to you? No. You know, no. And people look at us and they're like, what? Right. And I'm like, well, think about it. You know, why not talk about everything with your kids again in an age appropriate manner? Right. But just like, hey, you're going to go, you know, I talk to my kids about it. You're about to go through changes. You're, mu- you're going to always think you're smarter than your parents. You know, totally. <laughs> that's just what's going to happen <laughs> right. to your brain. You right. can't control sure. it. Um, I did the same thing, but let's talk about everything you're thinking and what the realities are. Let's be honest with each other. Why, you know, dialogue, why not? Right. And educating people that this is a concern that could happen to any kid. But in talking about human trafficking, I think one of the huge benefits of Crime Stoppers is, as we discussed in the first part of this show, is the anonymity. Right. Because... People, not everyone that is, well, not everyone that is in, is being enslaved or trafficked is has legal documents right. to be in this country. And there are a lot of that's factors number one. And then number two, some calling. of the people that could help them also don't have yes. legal rights to be in the country. Right. And everyone's kind of on their toes right now about mm-hmm. what to... So they call crime. So, you know, this is this is important to get people like that to be aware of Crime Stoppers and the anonymity, because, you know, when police show up, I'm sure undocumented people are terrified. Mm. Right. Because they don't want to have to give their information or um, for fear of being deported or whatever. So you have, tell us how that impacts Crime Stoppers. That's huge. So, you know, a lot of times the tipsters and the people that talk to police, they're the people that are in the neighborhoods or they've witnessed the crime or they have an idea of who in the community may have done, engaged in X, Y, or Z. And a lot of them are in neighborhoods that are not that great and they may not be here um, legally or there, there may be a whole host of issues. So we just, Crime Stopper started in, ni- in the late 70s in, in Arizona by a police officer who was dealing with a horrific murder. And I'll tell you this for a reason. He said, I just need to solve this case. I know somebody somewhere knows something. I don't care what your immigration status is. I don't care what your relationship is to the case. We just need information. Mm-hmm. If you call us anonymously, we, we'll never know who you are and you'll get a cash reward. The whole point of Crime Stoppers is to solve, to get people help, to keep pe- people from becoming victims. We're not about, you know, looking at documents and right. figuring out what right. your step. You have we, one mission we have and that one, is to And it's been 36 crime. years of that mission. It's wow. been 36 years and in, in, in 32 countries. So we all share that same goal. But even to claim your cash reward, as we said in the last mm-hmm. segment, you can still remain anonymous. You were anonymous was was all the way through. I forget what we're saying. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but you basically, when you get your cash reward, you drive yeah. through you a can, bank right. with a code number. And Which no one, is you don't brilliant. So again, for no an undocumented person, right. They are completely anonymous through this entire process. So yeah. I think that's really that's amazing. It can, we can be your first source or your last source for help, but we, we are there to help. You know, I there's a lot that. of conversation right now, as we all know about documentation mm-hmm. and being in the country legally or illegally in sanctuary cities. And one question that I would love to hear you address is how does... How do sanctuary cities 
what's the negative impact to crime and to reporting crime? You, there, it depends on which way you look at it. But um, a lot of people, the uproar right now, when you look across the nation and sort of the national media take, is that you're you're basically persecuting people who are in this city um, illegally, legally, or for whatever reason. And the question on whether or not these people commit a crime to begin with is not one that they're concerned about when, mm-hmm. you, when you look at sanctuary cities. The okay. goal is to protect the human rights of all, period, end of discussion. Well, on the flip side, you know, people who are against sanctuary cities, the argument is a little bit more complex. And um, do we want to protect criminals at all? Well, of course, everybody has a right to the constitutional rights and, and they need to be protected under the law. But then where do they go after the fact? Do we do ICE need to step in? Do they need to go, be deported? Do we let them go back into cities? Do we protect them once they They've served their time Mm -hmm. and it's really complex and I can make arguments either way. Um, For me, I'm as frustrated about the high school kid that we just found selling 58 different types of prescription medication from his locker. What? You know, 58, 58 different, different types. types. Like what a young, nice entrepreneur, but he's completely in the wrong business, you know. God. This is what we deal with, you know. How is he accessing his supply? We don't know. The supply chain. Parents that are not aware, parents that are in, uh, you know, pharmaceutical business. We don't wow. know. But that's what I'm saying. So we see a whole host of cases. And wherever there is somebody that is doing something that is wrong and is negatively impacting another person, and, and whether it's death, murder, rape, arson, theft, um, it, it to me, I'm just so frustrated mm-hmm. that I just want it to stop. And I get, I get frustrated by the hijacking of the conversation for political reasons oh, yeah. and then we turn away from the real problem so it's like again when when a school shooting happens well let's talk about who should have guns and who shouldn't have guns and let's just be distracted by that for right. the next six months well wait a minute <laughs> what about the next kid that's going to bring a gun right. I, I, you know let's get off the political stuff and start talking about how to solve the problem so which is a totally different conversation. It's a totally it's a different solution-oriented com- conversation yes, versus who's right and who's wrong that's conversation. Over here. Which <laughs> drives right. me crazy. Yes, we're just yeah. about the solution. I love that. We're ju- we're going to go in the schools. You guys all fight about it. Right. Do what you need to do. But we're going to be in the schools talking to the kids, making sure we can remove those weapons before they can hurt. And, you know, we're going to be in the communities, making sure we can maybe have you know the person think twice before they get engaged in human trafficking and mm-hmm. going through a ring or the kid think twice before they run away we want to just be a part of the solution love that well one of the, this wasn't a crime it's kind of a crime stopper story but the flight attendant i mean she oh, was yeah. ba- technically yeah yeah remember when a great she, this was like four years ago mm-hmm. um and she just saw something suspicious on the flight right and it was this kind of well-dressed man and this disheveled you know, girl. frail girl, yeah. young girl, and she wrote her post-it note and said, or what did she do? She, she said, basically got her to go into the bathroom. Right. And I don't know how she did that, but she right. kind of encouraged her to go to the bathroom, maybe before landing, I don't know what it was. But on the bathroom, it was a post-it note, do you need help? And the girl said yes. And so when they got off the plane, that man was a, was apprehended, and that young girl was rescued. And now she just graduated college. She did? I have chills. I know. But it's like, those are the people that Crime Stoppers is trying to reach is like if you see something yes, in, raise an army of yeah those people. and it's like we were talking about instincts world? with you know antigone it was like if you have an instinct like trust it what's yes. the worst that can happen i know like well nothing. now there's a, a program flight attendants uh are i don't think they're required to go through yeah but it's it has been um set up for them to recognize yeah human trafficking right. and child's 
because they've sex got trafficking on board. Get there somehow. Like, and I think it's kind of kickstarted with that case that you mm-hmm. two were just talking about. You know, before the Super Bowl, I will jump in and say, do you know, it was so great because we we were in, in, uh, part of a collaborative team. We went in educated hotels. Oh, that's Taxi so great. drivers, Uber drivers, mm-hmm. on what the signs were. Like, every point of contact that this right. young victim could have, we tried to educate so that you create an army of people. who. And are what involved. was the Super Bowl takedown? I know it was huge. There were um, between 260, 300 arrests, but not all of them human trafficking. A lot of prostitution with, you know, you have, it's completely different. Sure. You have an adult who's willingly mm-hmm. engaged right. in, in prostitution. Go to um, Vegas. Yeah. Go Just to Vegas. Oh, God. Not here. It's <laughs> sad i don't even know what to make of that (laughs) that's a totally different topic that's another um but i mean it was a great show from right hpd and you guys and everybody else teamwork from the city and and houston didn't houston make us so proud it's like the greatest super bowl ever ever. and the greatest game ever i kind of cheer i was cheering for boston that was the home run for for our city yep but in every way a lot of other things happen too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of things were prevented. I mean, yeah. nothing, and a lot of things were prevented. Right. But nothing you know, the, happened. There is going to be, um, and, you know, love Trump or hate him. One of the things he's committed to is this sex trafficking, mm-hmm. human trafficking issue. And my former business partner, Katie Ford, founded the Katie Ford Foundation. And it's because, you know, in our travels around the world, looking for models, we saw a lot of things. Oh, my gosh, yes. a lot of things. Oh, yes. when we sold Ford, she dedicated, she said, I'm dedicating the rest of my life to human trafficking. And she has a building, two buildings now in Southeast Asia. I'm not going to say where. Because again, it's very, you know, like off the radar. Yes. And she personally goes in on these missions herself and rescues people (gasps) and risks her life. Oh my God. And um, whether it's amazing, I know she did a a rescue um, at a farm in the middle of the night and crawling through the fields with critters and snakes and everything. And they got in the dormitory and they got the children. And as they were crawling on their bellies back across the fields, she could hear bullets flying over her head in the pitch dark. I mean, it is. So, you know, this this is a person who not only funds it, she She does does it. it. So she has these two dormitories and one is filled with girls and one is boys. And she... I can't talk about it because it just is too yeah. emotional, but um, the stories, these are children that have been sex trafficked since they were the age of four and five oh and six. God. And so, you know, I look at someone like that and think, God, you know, thank you and All God right. bless you because you're doing God's work for sure. Really? Um, so, you know, the trafficking thing is partially because of her is always on my mind. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, it's such a it's it's so off the radar and very hard to detect Mm -hmm. I think people just going through their daily life don't see it yeah they don't know what to look for yeah and one of the great things amongst many that Crime Stoppers does is it educates people about this and and makes it safe for you to 
call in and say the old if you see something say something mm. this might be nothing but right. i just and this is what nothing, i saw well then and no harm done right. no, no harm no, no foul yes exactly but well that's really ugh. important and yeah. i think you know the more education people have about what to look for it's like you just never know who's where to, right you know. so. when we come back let's get ronya to tell us a couple of really yes dramatic cases that crime bum, stoppers bum. has it's 48 solved. hours mystery yeah. on the neil and libby podcast today with <laughs> ronya mancurios executive director of crime stoppers we'll be back we sure will <laughs> 